0: G9, the Hog presents another Bob and Bryant Podcast.
1: It's time to get reacquainted with the edge of your seat because the big screen is back with great new releases all summer long. Get tickets to see F9 The Fast Saga, The Boss Baby Family Business, and The Forever Purge at MarcusTheaters.com. Ladies and gentlemen, time to take a look at music news with our expert Gary Graff who is working under difficult conditions this morning no electricity
2: well yeah, i'm writing with i'm writing with a chisel and a stone tablet right now
0: you're uh, you're supplying your own electricity you're off, kind of off the grid
2: yeah i mean this is one of these weird uh, you know after a storm weird weird failures where everything electricity uh, internet Cable, the whole works is down. Well, this so is uh, you can't, even, can't even set up a hotspot.
1: This is exactly nice. why you buy that Generac generator. So, you Gary, know, for let's put in a like, plug
2: here that's keeping the uh, that's keeping the uh, refrigerators going and the sump pump and the lights on. Some of the lights on. Yeah. So but, all power, all power to the great Wisconsin-made you, generator.
1: You can charge your phone to do this. This uh, this music uh, report. I can, and the,
2: the computer can be on even if it can't get a signal. Yeah, even though you're not connected you know, to anything.
1: And this has been going on since what? You texted Wednesday night. Last night, Wednesday yeah, night. Wednesday, yeah. You've been on generator since Wednesday. We
2: correct.
0: In America.
2: In America. And
0: the whole uh, how how far out is this going? Like
2: this. You your, mean in the in our metro area? Yeah. Right now, there's about. 62,000, they're saying, without power, down from 160,000. In the
1: suburbs of Detroit, right now, there are 62,000 people
2: without electricity. There are.
0: Is this part of the East Coast storm system or something else? I'm not
2: sure where this came from. It was just some big big rain, and we were sitting there uh, watching Loki. Oh, no, no, excuse me. We were watching the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Now,
1: uh, Gary, I, I do have some disturbing information that I'll share with you. Okay. That I got from our friends at Generac. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, I I as you know I too am a Generac satisfied customer, much like yourself. You probably more than me today. But we're talking about um, places in the country that they sell the most generators, and they said Wisconsin has a really solid power grid. Wisconsin's in you know good shape, but they said one. Of the, I said, well, what's one of the worst areas? And they said Michigan.
0: There and we I, go. And so then you have a generator. Yeah. Good so
1: thing you're 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 afloat. Yeah. So you're yeah. here to tell us you it they may be right. And they
2: and they may well be. I mean yeah. I'm sure we're better than Texas, but <laughs> you know? Texas is on its own.
0: They're, they do their own thing. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's
2: one of the, one of those interesting things where you just uh, you you make do and just can't do as much as you would like to. All
0: right,
1: well, let's get into music yeah. news. Even though we're working, uh, the lights in your house are all red because that always indicates that you're on emergency. What's he power? doing on submarines? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how's
0: uh, how's Brittany? We have oh, news man. this morning. She I moves mean, you... naked. Oh,
2: I haven't heard that one.
0: Yeah,
1: she uh, posted it, a. Posted a selfie one last night of kind of like a backside
2: shot of herself. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. She works out a lot. We've seen those videos. So I imagine that that's that's a fine sight there. But just when Mm -hmm. you thought from the week before that there couldn't be more action in Britney World, there's more action in Britney World. Uh, Some of the rats are jumping off the ship. Uh, Larry Rudolph, who's been her manager for more than 25 years since 1995, he quit. Um, He's citing her stated intention to officially retire, and he's taking kind of a high road saying, you know, as her manager, I believe it is in Brittany's best interest for me to resign from her team as my professional services are no longer needed. In other words, why pay me if you're not working? So that's his... Well, that's
0: like a nice thing to do then, right?
2: Right, right. So he did that. Then Sam Ingham, who's been the court-appointed attorney For Britney's conservatorship for the last 13 years has also resigned. Uh, He he is saying that after reading some of the things and hearing some of the things that she had to say, like she wasn't being properly informed about her legal choices, uh, he said, "I'm out of here." You know, yes, she she damn well was. (laughs) And uh, if she's going to represent me in our relationship like that, I don't need to be part of that. So she loses the manager. She loses the attorney. Uh, meanwhile, the um, – I forget what we call it, like the, this day-to-day person uh, who's, who's part of the conservatorship, who's actually running the, running the show, has requested more money from the conservatorship fund because she's getting death threats. And she said her security – And they can't team, kill you if
1: you're making more money? Is
2: that what it is? Uh, you know, Well, no, she needs to hire – You know, have more security – on duty and all that. The father, you know, Jamie Spears, who started the conservatorship um, all those years ago, went to court to, you know, filed a motion against that, saying that, no, because then we should... And he basically said, everybody on the team is getting threats, is being threatened. How do we separate one from the other? And I just don't think the money should be used to protect the the people on the conservatorship team. Uh, Meanwhile... Uh, The mother, Lynn Spears, did a very brief interview with the New Yorker for an article they did saying she has mixed feelings about everything and didn't talk about anything in depth. But it was interesting to read that she spoke about it. You know, she was like whispering to the reporter and saying, listen, if I need to hang up, if somebody comes in the room, you know, know that's what's going on. Hmm. Who knows what that's about?
1: Right. uh, (laughs) This thing is, it it doesn't get more... uh, less weird every week. It gets more weird oh, yeah, every yeah, week. This
2: New, this New Yorker story talks a lot about things that happened during the conservatorship saying that, that Jamie Spears was, or, you know, was witness being verbally abusive uh, to Brittany, you know, calling her fat, calling her a whore, telling her she's a terrible mother. Um, you know, this, so the next key date to circle is July 14th. They're back in court um, when, first of all, they have to replace the attorney. And the question now is going to be, does Brittany get to hire an attorney that she wants, or is the court going to appoint one? Then, theoretically, Brittany could file her petition to end the conservatorship at that court date. She can file it at any time. But July 14th is the next time they're going in front of the judge in Los Angeles.
1: So in light of all of these things that are going on around Brittany, a judge listened to both sides, all sides, however many sides there are, and said, we're still going to keep you in this conservatorship with all of those things that we just
0: talked about. Wasn't that because the judge said things needed to play out in a certain order?
2: Right. Correct. The judge didn't say the, the judge said, yes, we're going to keep you in the conservatorship. Here's how you get out of it. Do it this way. You know, I basically said to Brittany in so many words, you speaking and she called her brave, you know, you speaking bravely for half an hour does not get you out of the conservatorship. Here's the. Here's what you need to do. You need to file this petition. You need to bring it to court. We'll have a hearing. There'll be evaluations. Yada yada. It'll follow. It'll follow procedure.
0: The evaluations she was talking about was a like a mental health yeah, checkup on yeah.
2: Brittany. Yeah, she Britney doesn't want to have that, right? No, Brittany's been saying. You know, one of the things she said during her session last month is, you know, I'm tired of being evaluated and spoken to by. You know, psychologists and all that. You know, fact of the matter, say, you know, is your, for better or worse, you're in a conservatorship now, and those are part of the protocols of the conservatorship. You have to, you are now, you being being Brittany, are now in the position where you have to prove you don't need the conservatorship anymore.
0: But if one more evaluation would get you out of this situation that you... Yeah,
2: do it. Yeah. Do it. And she will. All right. And she will. But, you know, it's a shame. The one thing, it's a shame about the manager, this guy did pretty well, Larry Rudolph did pretty well by her even in difficult circumstances. So it's a shame he's leaving the team. I think that's a real loss.
0: Is she really going to retire?
2: Who knows? How many you know how many if we if we started taking shots now, now for every musician that said they were retiring, uh, you know, with you know, by the time we end this report we'll be schnockered.
1: I kinda of thought when she said, Well, I'm gonna retire then uh, that was,
2: if I don't get out of this dog yeah.
1: crate that you keep in the laundry room, that's one uh, of the, I'm going to
2: retire. One the, that's one of the ways to read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like and, you know, who knows? Maybe Larry Rudolph in cahoots with her saying, you know, to give that claim credence.
0: Well, okay. So they're back in court on July 14th. On, on Wednesday.
2: Then, yeah, yeah. So, circle, right. the de- circle the date, and we'll plan to talk about that next week.
1: The Olympics <laughs> okay. are coming up
2: pretty quick. They are. And, they are.
1: uh,. Bruce Springsteen's daughter is on the equestrian team. She didn't make the equestrian team last Olympics,
2: right? Last time, and she was an alternate in 2012. But she's currently ranked third in the U.S. and 27th in the world in equestrian. So she's going to be riding her 12-year-old Belgian warm-blood stallion named Don Juan Van de Donkovi.
1: Brian said it earlier this week, but when you told us the name and what she's writing and all that. That does sound really unbruce like, who sings about <laughs> well, my
2: hometown and the whole equestrian world is right. very un Bruce like. Right. This is I mean, this is definitely the upper the upper crust of, of Olympic sports.
0: Bruce uh the Super Bowl commercial was him as a cowboy, wasn't it? So he yeah. was trying I, to get an energy oh, no, there. They're, they're
2: they're horse people. When they, you know, when he actually, I think starting in California when he was living there, but then when they you know came back to New Jersey and you know got set up there farm ranch whatever it is they live on they, you know who he ra- is
1: he's Bronco Billy
2: Bronco uh, Billy was a
1: shoe salesman in New, New Jersey. Jersey right he yeah. Yeah. became
0: whatever he wanted to be right well okay yeah. but
2: so yeah so she's going to be in the Olympics no fans of course i don't know if that means Bruce and Patty don't get to go uh to see this or if the olympic teams are going to be allowed a designated number of others you know, to be, to be credentialed.
0: Well, you have to have the athletes all have coaches and handlers and ski waxers and ball pumpers and, and yeah, horse brushers, so, Right. all that stuff.
2: That's going to work. If you're interested in watching Jessica Simpson, they watch Mark, Mark, August 6th and 7th on your viewing Olympic viewing calendar. And I'm sure it'll be on one of the lower M- NBC channels, or, or even online only, but that's when that's when the team jumping competitions are.
1: I always think I'm not going to watch that in the Olympics, but I, I, I watch stuff that I normally don't watch, and you know I kind of become an expert for 24 well, hours.
2: That's the point of the Olympics, isn't it? It's the one time every four years we watch curling. I mean,
0: absolutely,
2: know? yeah. Yeah. And love, and love it.
1: And lugeing right, right. and bobsledding and all the stuff that comes up Biathlon, every four years.
2: Biathlon. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah. we love it. Yeah. It's the only time we're going to see it.
1: Pole vaulting. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Yeah. I, I may stumble across her. So, yeah. so, Peter Frampton, who is in failing health, we've been told by you, right? Yeah. He's in, yeah. He's working is. with Ringo now
2: on, right. well, he's on still- something. So basically, he's still able to play. You know, he has a you know deteriorating um, neurological condition that that will one day make him unable to play the guitar. But for the time being, he is. So he's been putting. He's already recorded. He's told me close to four albums, a couple of which have come out, and he's still recording and doing as much as he can while he still can, including doing some recording with Ringo. They posted a photo. Uh, this weekend on a couple of photos on Instagram, uh in Ringo's home in LA working on songs together, presumably for whatever Ringo does next, but it could well be for one of Frampton's future albums. And they're old buddies, of course, you know, they're part of the British you know, the British rock scene of that era. They both they actually met playing on George Harrison's All Things Must Pass album. And then they've played uh you know, Frampton was part of the all star band Uh, back in 1997 and 1998, and he played on a song from Ringo's last album, which was in 2017. Last year, he was part of Ringo's big 80th virtual birthday show. So, you know, they're good buddies.
1: Well, the question is who isn't Ringo Buddies with Ringo really? Buddies
2: with everybody. Yeah. And you saw that this past week, you know, on uh, July seventh was when he turned eighty one. And he wanted the he, peace and love thing he, going on? He did the peace and love moment, you know. Hopefully you guys at noon went out and shouted peace and love to the cosmos. Um, oh. did, he, you? Uh, did you? Did you, Gary? I did it at my desk. I was in a parade. The nobody cl- need, nobody the, needs to hear me.
1: Were the shout. clocks even working when uh, you Oh, were? yeah, that was too that was just before. Okay. All right. Before so you, everything went down so you knew it was noon anyway.
2: exactly all right
1: um, what's up with uh, Mick Jagger in his <laughs> memoirs
2: what yeah so you know it's been you know it's been chronicled and discussed uh, you know over the years that Mick Jagger walked away from a memoir had to return I think it was a million dollar advance uh, for this memoir so and you know he he hasn't spoken about it very much he did call it boring and upsetting to do now we know a little more about what happened. So Barry Coleman, British, British writer, he's pretty well known over there. He was, he was asked not, not just to ghostwrite Mick Jagger's memoir, but to ghostwrite the ghostwrite of Mick Jagger's memoir. What? Apparently, Right. Apparently the original ghostwriter couldn't get it done. So the publishing house called this, this Barry Coleman in and said, dude, I'm sure they said that in England. They said, you know, <laughs> oh bloke, you gotta, you got to help us out here. You're the only one who can do it. We need mixed memoir finished in two weeks. Oh, come so on. He so was, he was handed this package that he said had two relatively finished chapters and a bunch of interview transcriptions. So he apparently got the job done, but he said, you know, Mick pulled the plug with, and he agreed. So apparently what it was, was it the, the, the memoir was too polite. He said, Mick, it was clear Mick was going out of his way, not to offend anybody, not to, not to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, who, who wants re- that? Right. And as a result of that, he <laughs> said it was just a pedestrian yeah. biography. Yeah. So, you know, and that, that's kind of, Mick had never come out and said it quite like that. But you know, we—that's—that's that's a little bit of what we'd heard about it. That he just didn't go there. So he Mick things, wasn't
1: going to give up the good stuff. He was just—he
0: just,
2: he said he addressed all the all the right subjects. You know, the death of Brian Jones, Aldermont, You know, reference drug use you know, a little bit of sex, some recording sessions, but he said it just wasn't interesting.
0: That's
1: blah, blah, blah. We've all heard about those for 30 years. I want to hear about the stuff you you haven't well, talked about. Well, the other thing.
2: Yeah. The other, well, sure, you want a you know, the, the best thing about some of these, you know, I remember when Smokey Robinson's memoir came out and he wrote about his debilitating cocaine habit. You know, say what? You know, <laughs> we hadn't heard about that before. And, yeah, you want these books to tell you things, even if they're not titillating thing even if they're not sex and drugs and rock and roll but just something super interesting about their life and apparently this this did not have it so jagger jagger put it aside barry coleman agreed i assume he got still got paid for it and uh, he doesn't think he doesn't think we'll ever see it he just doesn't think um jagger ever wants to write that kind of book so. You know
0: the people who uh, get interviewed for such things and, and write books about such things—they're—they're they're just used to the way they live. I would be interested to know what it's like to get on a plane and go somewhere if you're Mick Jagger.
2: If you're sure. I, you sure, it, it's probably uh, extremely pleasurable, and
0: when, comfortable. Well, right, and what what happens? Who carries your bags? Right. I want to. When we do sports interviews, I want to know all that. Stuff they think is mundane that we have oh, no yeah. idea what happened. Yeah, sports, your
2: day to day. A sports team on a plane or a band on a bus. Yeah, is a great story. Yeah, about what, ha- what happened? What
1: That's and, what made the Jordan stuff so interesting when we right. found out who was playing cards and who was playing for a lot of money and who exactly. was playing for a little oh, money. Oh, yeah. That kind what? of stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Who yeah, has so what
0: nickname and
2: why? Yeah, one, and, and you know, we like have that. a bunch. We have a bunch of uh, you know memoirs coming. Brian Johnson from ACDC is coming this fall. I know. Um Steve Van Zant doing one. I just finished reading the new Ronnie James Dio memoir that's coming out at the end of the month, and that's that's interesting. I learned things in there, you know, and you know, got some insight into working with Richie Blackmore and Black Sabbath, and things like that. Uh, if you are a Dio fan, by the way, uh, tomorrow and I believe it starts at four o'clock online is the annual Ronnie James Dio birthday celebration, a bunch of big names, you know, you name it, from the hard rock and heavy metal world, they're going to be part of this. And it's taking place virtually. It's raising money for the Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund. And it's usually a good time. You know, they've done it in person most years. Last year they did it virtually. This year virtually again. But, you know, you'll be able to see performances and interviews, commentary, and it should be a good time.
0: Is there cake (laughs)
2: <laughs> is, well, this is a, because it's virtual it's to bring your own cake or have a virtual cake.
1: Okay. Hey, you this know, is we're going to go off hard. we're going to go off script here, Gary, because earlier this week I watched uh, Summer of Soul. Oh, uh, yeah. On Hulu. Yep. Um, and it it's footage that was shot back in Harlem in 1969. It was a summer weekend festival, right? It was, well, it was a series, of right? Stuff. It was like nine weeks of shows, and right. it was. There were huge names. I mean, it was oh, big.
2: Yeah, Stevie Wonder, uh, you know, Staple Singers, um, Sly and the Family Stone, Fifth Dimension. Fifth.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was everybody was there, and they got all this on on film. They filmed yeah. the whole thing, and it sat for fifty years. They at the end they said nobody wanted this.
2: Right, um, and then, uh, and Questlove took so Questlove, you know, from the Roots and uh, Tonight Show. Um, he he heard about it. Tracked it down, found it, and put a film together. Beautiful, I thought. He a turned it into film. a
1: documentary. A documentary, yeah, about what was going on at that time. And I forgot how gorgeous Marilyn McCoo was back then. I, 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 both of them, really. Oh my gosh, she was absolutely stunning.
2: Oh yeah, and uh, no, that it was a. It's a wonderful film, an eye-opening film. The only thing I take any issue with it, and I, I do think this is a very important film, is they. It's kind of like you know, there's this chip on the shoulder that, oh well Woodstock got all this attention right. and nobody paid attention to this. Well Woodstock was Woodstock. I mean it was it was this mass gathering of the counterculture for a a weekend. It was an event and a lot happened in a three, maybe four day, depending on the account, you know, period. And, you know, and you had this mass well, plus of Plus
0: it was out of control.
2: Right. And you had this mass of tremendous bands there. Now that said, some of us old you know, part of the documentary talks about the sociology of what was going on in Harlem at that time in the black community. And that was very, I thought, insightful and enlightening and an important story to tell. I just don't like that they you know, they try to make make it seem like it should have gotten the same attention that Woodstock has gotten all the years. They really are they're two different two different brands of Apple.
1: I wish there would have been more explanation of everything that was going on there and how they it got them just there. It was a lot of footage, right? It was, a, it was, it was, it was the show was then they shot them all, yeah. It was, because they had tons of footage and it's great oh, yeah. footage. It's not, it's, it's perfect no, footage. It's, yeah.
2: it's, it's real movie shot. Yeah. The, intention, the intention was to either do a TV show, do a, do a movie, and they just couldn't, they couldn't drum up the interest. And yeah, that's, you know, there, there's an there's racism in that in what happened with you know in that situation without question
0: I wish there just would have been I, I don't you want the guy in the chair talking about what happened back yeah
2: then. yeah yeah a little like more
0: Jordan of yeah I, I think, yeah, I think yeah. the
2: organizer is not around anymore
1: yeah no. that's true how many of those people were, are gone they had Gladys Knight but they, they
2: had Gladys Knight they have a wonderful interview with uh, pilly Davis and Marilyn yeah that was very very moving I here. love the part
1: where they said when they show up people are going you're black. I and know. then, and then they were like, "Well, you're not black enough for the black community and then when mm-hmm. white people saw them, they went, "You're black mm-hmm. um they so have. they were really they were really stuck in a tough spot
2: they did, and you know I think, and I think to hear them and especially Marilyn McCoo in tears, you know talking about how they they were embraced by their their own people on that particular day. you know you can imagine how that a band that a group that was struggling maybe not the work because they were having hits, but a group that was you know, was having a little bit of a challenge with its identity to be embraced like that on home turf.
1: And then you, you get know? the whole explanation of how they got uh, Aquarius and let the sunshine. Mm-hmm. That story's pretty
2: good about how oh, they, yeah. how they've managed they, they to tended hair right. <laughs> and everything. No, I, yeah, yeah. I would have liked to have heard a little more maybe from Stevie wonder. Cause that was a very important time in Stevie wonder's career and to see him to see him being the young Stevie Wonder at nineteen, playing the drums and then the keyboards and yeah. and everything. It really, you know, it's I certainly one I'd recommend to to everybody to go see. It's a good watch,
1: no doubt. I Definitely. Just, I wish they would have just had a few more interviews in there, just to kind of give you a little bit more yeah. background. But
2: yeah, eh. but it's, no, it is very enlightening, and I, I think anybody anybody who likes music period the music of that era is gonna is gonna find a dynamite
1: well gary i know you don't know that we're out of time because none of your clocks are none working clocks right are working now here, yeah,
2: so. but we are out of time all right uh, well- all right. Ho- keep, keep hopefully, the- my my uh, everything will be back on, so I can watch a certain game this weekend. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. You don't uh, need us to send you some dry ice or anything. Yeah. Uh,
2: no, <laughs> okay. no, no, not yet. No. Again, right. again, again, courtesy of our friends at Generac. The refrigerators are working.
1: All right, Generac, baby. All right, Gary. Hopefully, you're all Hopefully, you're off of auxiliary power
2: soon. Uh, okay. We'll talk next week. All right, Gary. Hey, Gary talk to
1: you then. Gary Graff, our music guy. You get him on Friday morning, even when he doesn't have electricity.